Hello, everyone. This is Travis J. Vernon, and welcome to today's podcast. Following that last podcast, I've been thinking quite a bit about taking kids into the outdoors. It's been something I've done most of my life. Once I was of the age that I could take other people with me, I would do that as often as I could. The outdoors for me are amazing, but they become more amazing when I share them with others. When I was a younger kid, I'd always try and talk my mom and dad into going places with me, or my little brother, or my little sister. My parents had three girls and two boys. I happened to be the middle child, which probably explains some other things. And even at a young age, I was heading off for that next adventure, trying to talk my sisters and brother into doing different activities and going different places. Life tends to throw some curveballs. Things don't always go the way you expect them to go. And in my own life, I wasn't able to have children. But I have been blessed with amazing stepchildren from two different marriages. My wife Nancy and I will be celebrating our fifth anniversary in May of this year. And we're going to head off for an adventure to catch a fish that I haven't caught before and experience a country that I haven't been in. In fact, a couple of countries. And we're going to go chase some Atlantic salmon. I had some amazing uncles and aunts on my mom and dad's sides of the family. Uncles that would take me hunting, take me fishing, shoot rockets, make bows and arrows, and all sorts of things that, as a young boy, I just loved. So when I became an uncle, I tried to do those same things. I would take my nephews and nieces on trips. We would explore, fish, hunt, and just have an outstanding time. I love the insights that children bring. Sometimes it's the most simple and basic questions, but they're also so deep that many times you can't answer them in a way that they would understand, or they help you to understand things in a way that you never thought of before. I love the look on people's face when they accomplish something for the first time, or even if it's the first time after a long hiatus of not doing something. When Nancy and I first started dating, I had just come off of my second divorce. I wouldn't wish divorce upon anyone, but it's through experience that we become who we are, and I like who I am. So if I were to go back, I wouldn't change anything. When Nancy and I first started dating, I knew that from past relationships, that when I explained to someone that I liked to hunt and fish and camp and spend time outside, that the way I meant it is not the same way that most people do. I spend every waking moment planning my next adventure, reliving past adventures, enjoying the now while at the same time looking forward to the next. So not wanting to have the exact same mistakes that I had done in previous relationships, I thought there were two things that Nancy and I needed to do just to see if we would be compatible. The first of these, we went desert camping. The second, I took her to Wisconsin to hunt white-tailed deer in November 20 below zero. So I combined miserable conditions with a long car trip. I figured if both of those experiences came out okay, then maybe we would work if she could tolerate me. So let me tell you those two stories. So there I am. Talked to Nancy. Explained that I liked to rock hound and that there was a place in the southern Utah desert that I'd love to go to find Topaz. So we make some plans and head down to camp near Topaz Mountain in Utah to look for topaz, break rock, and see if we were compatible on a short drive and desert camping. 
As we roll into the spot, we select a campsite in some Bureau of Land Management area. And as we're setting up camp, everything just goes so smooth and like clockwork that we don't really even talk. One of us would be setting up the camp chef. One of us would be setting up the tent. One of us would be setting up the kitchen area. And next thing you know it, camp set up, and we both just kind of look at each other like, wow, that was easy. So that was one of our first experiences when we were dating that we thought, huh, this is going to be kind of nice. So then I was a little bit worried that she might have a hard time hiking up the edge of the caldera. There's some pretty rough ascent areas. Because Nancy has one leg that has a little bit of a drop foot from childhood cancer. My worries were so unfounded that it's almost funny today to look back at. She went up the mountain like a mountain goat. Pretty much left me in the dust. And spots that I was concerned with because I'm super afraid of heights. I would skirt around and hike a different way and she'd just go right up the face. So we pack up some sledgehammers, cold chisels, get up to the spot that I like to break open some rock and look for topaz. And as we sit down, Nancy kicks this three-gallon white bucket that we have. And this bucket proceeds to bounce down the mountain. Just boom, 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 all the way to the bottom. And when it gets to the bottom, with almost a tear in her eye, she looks at me and says, I'll go get it. I absolutely started to laugh, said, we don't need that bucket. And that is such a long round trip. Don't even worry about it. Let's break some stone and we'll pick it up on the way back down. So that was one of the second moments that we knew we'd probably gel. I think it's just fun to roll with what happens when you're outside. So we break open a bunch of rock, get a bunch of topaz, head back down to camp, have a great dinner. It's a super cold night. And one of the things she didn't like about that spot was because it was a caldera, there was nowhere that you could go to the bathroom very well without being seen by anyone in this massive outdoor amphitheater. So like every trip I go on, I take note of things that worked well and things that didn't work so well. That was a super fun experience. We got along great. We set up camp well. We worked in camp well. We were able to load, unload, and not have any issues. So then I decided to take her out to Wisconsin. So it's late November. She was really understanding how much time I spend in the out of doors because she'd spent one guide season with me now. Not a complete guide season during the summer, but enough of one that she realized there's a lot of times I'm just not around. Now the plan was that if this trip worked out, that I was going to propose to her on this trip. It wasn't a set in stone thing though. So a buddy of mine from school that I've spent a lot of time hunting and fishing with that I've mentioned in some other podcasts, my friend Arno, was tagging along. He wanted to get his very first whitetail also. So we make the long drive, spend a night in the hotel on the way, and we get to my friend's place in Wisconsin. They already have tree stands set up. We're on private property, so that makes it kind of nice. There's quite a few deer in the area, and I'd hunted it a couple times before. I have so much gear for Nancy so that she can stay warm because she's an absolute freeze baby. The weather is brutally cold, 20 below, windy, wind chill, but it was keeping the deer moving around in the lulls of the wind because they needed to feed, they needed to keep warm. One of the spots that I set Nancy up was over the small food plot that my friend had set up there. We dropped her off and then told her that the deer would be moving from their bedding area. They'd hit that little food plot, 
work out into the corn later on. So I told her I'd go set up over the corn and she could stay in this stand and just to pay attention to the area where the deer would be coming from. So I leave her there and off I go for the evening hunt, figuring it'd be about two hours. I told her if she needed anything, where I would be, and then I'd pick her up right after dark. Don't see a lot of animals that evening. It was still a little bit too windy. They weren't moving around where I was. A little bit too exposed. And I went back to pick up Nancy. She comes down out of the tree stand, and I ask her how everything went. And she almost starts to tear up again. She's like, I'm so frustrated with myself right now. I'm like, what happened? She said, well, I heard something behind me. And I was already standing up in the tree stand. So I slowly turned around and was watching a doe come across behind at about 100 yards. And I was trying to get a shot, and I just couldn't get a good shot on her. And she moved down and around and went over the ridge, and I lost sight of her. Well, I watched that doe for a while, and then turned around facing the food plot. And when I did, I realized there were deer in the food plot 30 yards in front of me. And when I turned around, every single one of those deer looked up straight at me, and out they went. Never had time for a shot. Couldn't even get my gun up. And I'm just so frustrated because you guys told me where the deer would be coming from. And I let one doe distract me and I ruined my opportunity. I think it was at that moment that I was like, wow, this woman is truly amazing. She's not upset about the cold. She's not upset about anything other than missing an opportunity to harvest her first whitetail. Unfortunately, the weather turned pretty sour on us. My friend Arno was able to get his first whitetail, and we made the 22-hour drive home with just the one deer. But it was a really fun experience. I'm glad that I was able to take them both out there and show them Wisconsin hunting from tree stands and just how different it is in that part of the country for the different types of hunting. I'd always grown up hunting deer and elk in the West, and it's just such a different experience to go to the Midwest and chase turkeys and whitetails. So after the first few months of dating, when Nancy and I did decide to pursue the relationship, and then later on when we decided that maybe marriage would work out between the two of us, because we had a lot in common, we enjoyed spending time together, and we quickly became best friends, we had this ongoing joke. She would always ask, you know, when are you going to get my ring? And I would tell her all the time, I keep buying boxes of Cracker Jack, but so far I haven't found a ring in any of them. Well, little did she know that I'd already purchased her ring, and I had it with me on this trip to Wisconsin. So I mentioned earlier that the plan was, if an opportunity presented itself, that I would propose. And my friend Arno was in on this with me. Well, I had the ring box the entire time, and there was never a moment that seemed right on that entire trip. So before we left to come home, Arno and I discussed maybe swinging up and getting engaged at Mount Rushmore. It's a pretty unique spot. It's not too far off the path that we were going to take on our way home. So we began to put this plan together. The ring box I had wouldn't fit into a Cracker Jack box. So I end up buying this small bag of Cracker Jacks. And Arno slowly undoes it from the bottom and is able to insert the ring in the ring box into this bag of Cracker Jacks. So now I have Nancy's engagement ring that she doesn't know I have, in a bag of Cracker Jacks, driving across the country, waiting for that perfect moment. Well, like I said, the weather had turned, the drive back was getting a little sketchy, 
and we're getting closer and closer to Mount Rushmore. And I say, wouldn't it be fun to go up and see Mount Rushmore? Everybody's like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. We get closer and closer and closer, and the weather just keeps getting worse. We get to the junction where I have to make the turn to either continue back to Wyoming or head north to go to Mount Rushmore. And I say, so you guys still up for it? Let's head up and see Mount Rushmore. And Nancy says, ah, you know, I'm getting a little tired. I think I'd just as soon push all the way through and let's get back home. All right, so there I am. My buddy Arno's in on this whole deal. He's helped me set up everything. He's taken apart this Cracker Jack bag to put the ring inside of it. And he looks up and says, Yeah, I agree with Nancy. Let's just head home. I'm stabbing him with daggers through the rearview mirror. And I'm thinking, Dude, you just totally messed this up for me. But things happen the way they happen. So I just got back on the road and started heading home. On the way home, Nancy was getting a little bit hungry. And it was turning into what I call a Grandma Betty sunset. So my Grandma Betty was the one that helped me with the pheasant and all these other amazing adventures when I was a kid. And she loved the oil paint. Both she and my Grandpa Dean would oil paint a lot. But most of Grandma Betty's paintings were these beautiful pastel sunrises and sunset desert scenes and it was just absolutely amazing to see the beauty so as the sun begins to set i pull off at the pathfinder ranch and there's a walking trail the weather's not super good but the sunset was unmatched so we go for a quick walk to stretch our legs arno stays in the car We get down the trail, and we're sitting there watching the sunset, and I hand Nancy the bag of Cracker Jacks. She pops it open, starts eating Cracker Jacks, and it looks like she's trying to break up the big chunks inside the bag. And she begins to squeeze the bag over and over again, and all of a sudden on the top, out pops the ring box. Confused, she takes the ring box out as I go down on one knee and propose. That was a pretty cool day. And she finally found her ring in the Cracker Jacks. It's been a pretty epic five years. And we have so many more to go. There's too many adventures. And I need my adventure buddy with me. Now there's still a lot of places that I've never taken her. I can't tell you how many times we'll get to a spot on the river. Or a place that I love. And she'll say, wow, you've never brought me here before. The first time that happened, I said, oh yeah, there's tons of places I haven't taken you yet. But I get smarter. No, I don't. You'd think after all these years, I'd learn what to and what to not say. But I don't. So one last story on this one. Nancy and I continue to go down in Rock Hound near Topaz Mountain. And the last time we went, she wanted to get one of those small camp toilets that goes inside the tent so that she could use it inside the tent. We had a big wall tent, blow-up mattress for inside, because if you're going to car camp, you may as well car camp in style. So I look up all the reviews, do all my research on Amazon, find this toilet that you can use inside the tent. Nancy's petite, so she doesn't need much. I'm a big dude, so I make sure I get the one that'll support a big man. 
I read all the reviews. All you need is kitty litter. You can put it in this portable camp toilet. You put in a garbage bag, like just a regular kitchen garbage bag. You can do your business, sprinkle on a little kitty litter. You're good to go. Now, I had my doubts. Not going to lie. But Nancy doesn't want to be in the caldera where people can see. So I say, let's do it. Let's give it a go. So we get this toilet. We're heading down to go do a little topaz hunting. And that first night, we're just getting into bed. And Nancy says, I'm going to have to use that new bathroom. I will go for it. Tell me how it works. But I'm tired, so I'm not going anywhere. So she uses the bathroom. No big deal. Climbs back into bed. I'm like, wow, that was pretty amazing. Now, some of you might be a little weirded out that I'm sharing this story right after my proposal story, but this is the type of woman Nancy is. So she'll think I'm nuts too, just like everybody else. So I'm like, wow, that was pretty easy. You must have just gone number one because I can't smell anything. She goes, oh no, I went number two. So I say, well, that's incredible. It actually works just as people said it did. So I say, do you care if I try it? She's like, no, go ahead. I'm like, you sure you don't want to leave? No, I'll be fine. So I use the bathroom, which is super weird because it's just a one-room tent. Not really used to that. Do my deal. And as I said before, I'm a big dude. When I stand up from this toilet, apparently my legs and butt had created a seal. And as that seal broke, the putrescence was palpable. And from the back corner of the tent, I hear Nancy start to dry heave and say, Please open the door. Please open the windows. Ah, ah, ah. Do whatever you got to do. Make that smell go away. So I'm sprinkling on the kitty litter, and I'm trying to get the smell to dissipate. So do they work? Sure, they work great. But if you have a giant burrito before you go camping, you want to wait to use that toilet until you're all alone. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I'd appreciate some subscribes and some five stars that would help me out. So get out there and live your stories.